Okay, I think we're good. Hello. Okay, cool. Um, there you go. Hi, I'm Sarah Lee, and joining me is my co-host, Juliana. And welcome to Murder and Psyche Podcast, a podcast where we dive into old and new cases and try and figure out why the killers did it. We are here for you every week with a new case, and if you would like to recommend any cases, you can look out, you can check out our Instagram at Murder Psyche Pod or Twitter at Murder Psyche. Warning, there are mentions of sexual assault in this episode. Your discretion is advised. Now let's get into the episode. Mm. John Wayne Gacy Jr. was born on March 17, 1942, in Chicago, Illinois. He grew up with his two sisters, Joanne and Karen, along with both of his parents, John Wayne Gacy Sr. and Marion Elaine Robinson. Growing up, Gacy was closer to his mom and his sisters, while his relationship with his father was strained. You see, John Sr. was very short-tempered and an alcoholic. He would constantly abuse Gacy for living up to his not living up to his standards. He wanted Gacy to be a man's man, but he only saw Gacy as a quote sissy. When Gacy was 11, he was struck in the head with a swing. This incident caused him to get a blood clot in his brain, which was undiagnosed until he was 16. When his younger sister Karen was 13, she had gone snooping through Gacy's room and found a brown paper bag with panties inside his closet. Mm, not very tasteful. <laughs> no. She told her mother about this, and her mom revealed that Gacy had a fetish for panties. I mean... He's 11. He's I don't, so young. I think he was older than 11 from this. Oh, is this Because she's the youngest. He's oh. the middle child of them. So this is after he turns 16. Probably. No, that's weird. No, <laughs> that's I weird. That's Mindy. weird. She explained further that when Gacy was younger, she found a pair of her panties inside a brown paper bag hidden underneath the staircase and discovered that the bag had belonged to Gacy. Like he took his a pair of his mom's panties and hid them underneath the staircase that just screams mental issues (laughs) oh my gosh yeah so even in school it seems as though gacy had a lot of trouble gacy had gone to four different high schools and didn't graduate high school instead at the age of 17 gacy dropped out of high school and drove all the way to las vegas nevada by the time he had reached Las Vegas, he had ran out of money, so he ended up working at a mortuary. Like, oh. They don't even know. Like, his sister said she didn't know what he did there. She was just like, he worked there. I mean, he could have been, like, one of, like, the receptionists or, like... Because, like, when bodies come in, they have, like, stuff they take care of it and, like, a payment method. That's but, like, weird. in this case, it is a little weird considering he has a history of panty um fetish but i mean at this point he's just like becoming an adult and getting a job that, mm-hmm. that's not that's not too a little weird there. that he drove all the way to vegas yeah it's like fuck it <laughs> i'm gone but he's also 17 like a lot of teenagers say fuck it it's 17 
and drive all the way to Vegas he, to work at a, is that what you're planning on doing? Uh, yeah, definitely. No, it's like it's like he dropped out of high school, so he doesn't know what he's gonna do with his life now. That's true. And so he just kinda like drove to Vegas and then found a place to work. Which is fine. Mortuary's kinda weird first job though. I th- can you work at a mortuary for your first job? I mean, this is the 1950s, so maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so after a year and a half, Gary Gacy went back to Chicago and seemed, quote, more into himself, end quote. And that's what his sister Karen had said. She was like, he just seems more into himself. Like, he knows himself a little bit better than he did when he was. Like, confident or, like, cocky? I think just understanding oneself. Hmm. So after moving back to Chicago, Gacy became a manager at a shoe store and married his co-worker, Marilyn Myers. The two had children by the age of 22. Marilyn was a part of a wealthy family as well. Her parents had bought a portion of the KFC franchise and offered Gacy a job as a manager. With this opportunity, Gacy and his family relocated to Waterloo, Iowa. Soon after moving to Waterloo, Gacy became a well-liked figure in the community. Even with this good reputation, rumors started circulating about Gacy's homosexuality. Mm. So the community had found it odd that Gacy was always socializing with young men. Unbeknownst to the community, though, Gacy opened up a quote club in his basement for young boys of waterloo where he allowed them to drink alcohol and made sexual advances towards them that's like it's basically like bribing or like reeling kids in with bait because kids are like free alcohol they're they're teenagers they're just like my parents said no to this so i'm gonna do it and so (laughs) but then also like sexual advances yeah and, like, obviously the boys can't come forward because then they would be afraid of admitting that they're, like, drinking un- illegally. It's almost like underhanded blackmail. Yeah, like, you out me for this, I'll out you for this. Yeah. So, despite all this, people thought, like, he was a fun-loving man and he said he was a, quote, outstanding vice president, end quote, of the Waterloo Jaycees which is a golf team in Waterloo. During this time, Gacy and his father developed a closer relationship. So his dad was like, I'm finally seeing you as a man's man. Like he doesn't know what his son is doing behind closed doors, but he's like, man's man right there. Man's man is married and- (laughs) Has kids. Has kids and is the vice president of a golf team. (laughs) This changed though on May 20th, 1968, Gacy would be arrested for two counts of sodomy of two teenaged boys. Mm. The community and his family would be shocked by this. Gacy told his family that he was set up and it was a political maneuver. For context, at the time, John was running for office against a popular politician. It was allegedly the politician's son who made the claims against him to ruin his image. And Gacy was about to get away with it until he hired a young boy to jump one of the victims and the cops caught the boy and he confessed to everything so this was like him covering up his tracks but it didn't work yeah he was like i'm gonna try and make this boy shut up 
by mm-hmm. having someone beat the shit out of him but it backfired i feel like that's not a good idea in general though just stick to the don't you don't have to beat them up yeah like you also don't have to like lure them into your sexual lair but like <laughs> don't leave them alone <laughs> anyway what what happened after this so hold on this led to Gacy being found guilty and was sentenced 10 years in prison but only served 18 months and why was this so while in prison Gacy was a model prisoner and his wife divorced him and he never saw his children again allegedly Gacy was angered by the divorce and told Marilyn that he did not want to see her and his children ever again and would henceforth consider her and the two children dead that's that's anger issues he was like you're gonna divorce me well i'm gonna think you killed yourself along with our children <laughs> well like the the wife understandably left because he's charged for two counts of sodomy of yeah, minors yeah, minors like i would i would leave too <laughs> like no so soon before gacy was released john senior passed due to medical conditions gacy had blamed himself for it gacy felt as though he had disappointed john senior for most of his life and was the cause of his death so like i'm such a disappointment that's why my dad died that's why my dad died (laughs) damn so after gacy was released in 1970 he moved back to chicago and found a house with a four foot deep crawl space for him and his mother to live in while he worked as a chef on february 12 1971 gacy was charged with disorderly conduct a boy had claimed that gacy picked him up and tried to force him into sex and then on june 22 1972 gacy was arrested again and charged with battery of another young man saying gacy flashed a sheriff's badge lured gacy was lured into gacy's car and raped him jesus christ yeah however both of these charges were dropped after both boys did not show up to court Mm. so like they failed to make the appearance and then yeah you can't you can't charge him with something if if the the victim isn't willing to be there yeah but couldn't they still get him on like the cop thing they they could have but i think probably what happened is like they they are suing him that's yeah and so if you're suing someone and you don't show up you aren't gonna win yeah because the the, probably what happened is the police the only evidence they have is is what these kids are saying witness testimonies testimonies and they don't have anything else to charge him with so if the the people that are saying that that this person did this don't show up I mean, have nothing else because if it was like a uh, in criminal court they could still get him on pretending to be law enforcement yeah so it's probably civil yeah so also in june gacy had married an old family friend carol hoff once married john's mom moved out of the house and carol along with her two daughters moved in in 1975, Gacy started his own construction company um, for painting, decorating, and maintenance. 
As business was growing, Gacy's and Carol's marriage was declining. You see, when Gacy wasn't working, he would go out for nights to bars and would pick up boys and wouldn't return until morning, thus causing their sex life to come to a halt. The local boys would tell officers that a man named John would drive and pick up young boys and men. This sounds like very sketchy. Well, like one, he's cheating on his wife. But also... Two, this is like... Prostitution. Prostitution and like possibly rape because you don't know if these boys know what are what's about to go down yeah they might be like oh i'm gonna smoke some weed with this old dude and then because he has weed and he's giving him for free or whatever mm. and just not realize it's a different type of payment <laughs> it's not money so carol would find wallets with the ids of young men lying around the house gacy would also bring in gay porn inside the house and like this was like the 50s, so it's like the magazines. Oh, so there's like not even there's like, like the no com- way to like cuz they don't have like dial-up internet. They might, but it'd be very slow. Well, yeah, then there's no way to be like, yeah, that's not. <laughs> I got clear my search history. <laughs> no, like no, you can't hide but that. You, you can't also make the claim, "Oh, I got a virus and a bunch of gay porn showed up." It's you have to deliberately buy those magazines. Yeah and like flip through the pages so yeah he would have that and i guess he'd have it lying around the house kind of gross yeah don't leave your porn out (laughs) in july of 1975 one of gacy's employees john bolkovich disappeared bolkovich had recently left gacy's employment after an argument over back pay um bolkovich was owed Bolchevich's parents urged police to check out Gacy, but nothing came of it, and the young man's disappearance went unsolved. Damn. In January 1976, John was suspected in the disappearance of a nine-year-old boy, so officers started to run surveillance on his house. Mm -hmm. Two months later, Carol and Gacy divorced because Carol felt she could no longer cope with the marriage due to Gacy's unpredictable moods, and bizarre obsession with homosexual magazines. Well, back in this time, homosexuality was not very well received. No, this was in the 50s. Yeah, like, like they were like, homosexuality is bad, and if they're religious, it's even worse. Well, everyone was religious at this time, so it was like, this is bad. Like, you're going to hell. Even, like, interracial relationships Mm -hmm. were bad, so, like, think about how bad to them homosexuality was. Yeah. So, despite all this going on, John became an active member of the local Democratic Party and was also known as Pogo the Clown. As the famous names goes. <sighs> In December 1976, another Gacy employee, Gregory Godvik, disappeared. His parents asked police to investigate Gacy, one of the last people known to have spoken to the boy. However, Gacy was never questioned by police for the disappearance. In January 1977, John Sizik, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Maybe. It, it's a kind of complicated name. Yeah, an acquaintance of Bolkovich, Godvik, and Gacy disappeared. 
Later that year, another Gacy, one of Gacy's employees was arrested for stealing gasoline from a station and the car he was driving belonged to Civic. All right. That's just not covering up your tracks very good. Yeah. A couple months later, 27-year-old Jeff Rignall was enticed into John's car with the offer of marijuana. Yep. Gacy chloroformed him, took him to his house, handcuffed him, and sexually assaulted him. Gacy was sued in a $3,000 civil lawsuit and was later charged with battery. On December 31st, 1977, Gacy was racist arrested for the 19-year-old Gacy was arrested after a 19-year-old teen told police that he was held at gunpoint and sexually assaulted by Gacy. When interviewed by police, Gacy confessed that he did have violent sex with young men, but never denied like he denied that it was ever like non-consensual. So saying like it's not rape, I just have violent sex. Yeah. That's my preference. So Gacy was never prosecuted for this. Months later, on May 6, 1978, Gacy directed the Polish Constitution Day Parade with First Lady Rosalind Carter, who attended, and took photos with him. In the photo, you can see Gacy wearing a pin with the letter S on it, and this pin had signified Secret Service clearance. Damn. Yeah. Interesting. You could bet that they were super embarrassed once it came out you think also the persona of like pogo the clown is why people are so terrified of clowns yeah like Like this was a big thing 16 when like kids at our school were like what if the killer clowns come to our high school yeah it's it's more of like i think this was a transitioning point because no one really had a problem with clowns Mm-hmm. No one really had a problem with them until the 70s. Yeah, when all this is coming mm-hmm. out and people would use... Because, like, my grandpa had um, antique, like, clowns that were, like, super creepy to me. But, like, they had bought them in, like, the, the 40s. So, like... And they were just, like, it's an innocent clown. I think, yeah, with Pogo the clown running around murdering children, <laughs> it's gonna scare us a little bit. Definitely set a precedent. Yeah. On December 11th, 1978, a young 15-year-old boy went missing from his job at the local drugstore. Side note, we'll be calling this boy Cole. It's not his real name, but he's a minor, and just to make the story easier, mm-hmm. that's what we'll go with. Anyways, his mother had come to Cole's job to pick him up, and... He told her he had to talk to a man that was offering a job at his construction job, but he never came back. The mother returned home, came back to the drugstore with the rest of the family to search the area. Nothing came of the search, and the mom filed a missing person report immediately. The next day, Lieutenant Kozenak, I think that's how you say it. Kozenak, something like that. Kozenak? Because the CZ. Yeah. Um, it's a, it looks like a German name. Yeah. Anyways, Lieutenant <laughs> suspected Gacy was involved because Gacy had recently remodeled the drugstore Cole worked at. So they phoned him and he said that he'll be there in half an hour, but didn't show up while Kozenak was still there. Instead, 
Gacy got Cole's body out of his attic and into his car where he drove to De Plains River to dump the body. At 2 a.m., Gacy's car was towed out of a snowbank 38 miles from Cole's body. And at 3.20 a.m., Gacy walked into the police department to talk to Kozunek, but is told by officers to come back later. Gacy does return later and gives a statement, but is presented with a search warrant and is forced to surrender his keys. At the home, investigators find a receipt for the a roll of film that belonged to Cole, along with other items. On December 15th, a class ring that was taken from the home was found to belong to John Sizik. Mm. And then on December 19th, Gacy invited two officers into his home for breakfast. Oh, that's weird. And then they claimed that they had smelled the, quote, odor of death. That's just quote. That's just weird police instinct shit. Because I don't think... Like, someone decomposing? Or, like... Like, yeah, a dead like body. Like, literal decom- decomposition? Or did they... With, like, a hunch that he did it? I think it was, like, they could smell the odors of the like decomposing bodies. Like, he hadn't cleaned. Bodies. Like, it was bad. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> so, later that day, John's lawyers filed a 7,500,000 dollars civil suit against Dave Plains and its police department, charging that officers are harassing their client with illegal searches and seizures and defamation of character. Just because he invited the police officers to I think to that was breakfast? the thing. Like He was like, I'll invite them and then make the story that they just came in. That's stupid. That's a horrible plan. It's manipulative. Yeah, it's very manipulative. He seems like a very manipulative person well he seems like a piece of shit in general he seems like an asshole (laughs) the next day the police were made aware of his criminal record and the two counts of sodomy Mm. on december 21st gacy was seen handling a package full of marijuana to a gas station clerk police arrested gacy immediately and were made aware that gacy confessed to his lawyers that he killed well, maybe 30 young boys or men. Like Maybe 30 young boys and men. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. That's psychotic. Oh, my God. <laughs> Police obtained another search warrant. Police confronted Gacy about this and the disappearance of Cole. Gacy said that he only ever killed one man in self-defense and buried him in his garage. Gacy showed the police where the body was buried and discovered the remains belonging to three different bodies. Three? So he's like, there's only one body in my crawl space. I only killed one person in self-defense. They're buried here. Oh, wait, there's three. (laughs) We found three. How self-incriminating is that? In a rambling verbal statement lasting several hours... Gacy told police that he killed 32 young men after having sexual relations with them. He had talked of himself in the third person, saying the slayings and sexual acts were committed by Jack or John. Hmm. He said he buried the bodies of 27 victims in the crawlspace of his property. Five other bodies, including Coles, were thrown into the rivers south of Chicago. 
Gacy drew a diagram showing where the bodies are buried and giving the names of six of his victims. Only six. Six. Wow. So by December 30th, police had found a total of 27 bodies at Gacy's house and two bodies in the river. On January 3rd, Gacy told police that they had found all the bodies, even though Cole's body wasn't even found yet and he was being charged with Cole's murder. Damn. Gacy also told police that he killed inside his house and it was only after the crawl space under his house became crowded that he began disposing of bodies in the river. I think at this point, he's probably gonna go for like mental insanity and that's why he's saying all this. Wow. Wow, because like, (laughs) okay, if you were being incriminated for something and you had killed like a shit ton of people who why would you why would you say this shit I don't, maybe to like lessen the sentence maybe but i mean he's not getting a deal they're not giving him a deal he's just telling them this that's true i don't know <laughs> what happened to gacy So, he also describes how he killed the first person in his bedroom on January 3rd, 1972, by stabbing him. Allegedly said it was a young boy he had picked up from the Greyhound bus station in the loop. The next day, a winter coat belonging to Cole was found underneath the flooring of the laundry room. On January 7th, a missing persons database was created to help identify possible victims of Gacy. However, this effort wasn't very successful because of the lack of communication between the surrounding police departments. It's, I mean, in the 70s, the police is very disorganized anyway. And even now they're disorganized. <laughs> like, that much hasn't changed. Considering the time we are right now, the police are not organized. No, they're not. On the days following this, Gacy was charged with the murder of seven young men and the felonies of aggravated kidnapping, deviant sexual assault, and taking indecent liberties with a child. John had pleaded not guilty to all charges. Hmm. Which is weird because he said that there's 27 bodies underneath his house that's that's why i'm thinking he's trying to go for insanity probably gacy's lawyer also tried to move the trial to another county for a fair trial but it was denied so they had been like he's still gonna get a fair trial in this community Mm -hmm. like it might actually be for gacy and not against they're like well loved in this community yeah Another body ended up appearing in the river and making the river death count to three. On March 9th and 16th, two more bodies were discovered under Gacy's house. This contradicted the body count underneath the house that Gacy gave because the actual total was 29 and not 27. A month later, another body appeared by the river and was identified as Cole. While all of this was going on, investigators were able to identify the bodies with dental records and x-rays. On April 23rd, 26 additional charges of murder were added, 
onto the seven charges to make 33 charges of murder. Another month later, on July 23rd, 1979, investigators released descriptions of victims' belongings in an attempt to identify victims. Items were pieces of clothing, necklaces, belt buckles, and watches. On February 6, 1980, the trial began. The judge had ruled that no one under 16 was allowed in the courthouse due to the graphic nature of Gacy's crimes. His defense team pleaded that he was not guilty by reason of insanity. Ooh, here we go. Five weeks later, John was guilty of all 33 charges and was put on death row with his execution date on June 2nd, 1980 and was sent to Menard Correctional Center. I can see, as a lawyer, I feel like mental insanity is the only thing you could go for here. I mean, they already got bodies. And he confessed to those bodies. And he confessed to them. So, like, there's no... He's a weirdo. He's a sicko. Mm -hmm. That's (laughs) My client is a weirdo and a sicko, and I think that's why you should let him out. Yeah, basically. On June 12th... Oh. But it's one. (laughs) BRB. Welcome back, ladies and gents. (laughs) Uh. On June 12th, 1981, a ceremony was held for the nine remaining unidentified victims. Three years later, on June 6, 1984, Gacy's lawyer presented a 72-page opinion raising 39 issues, including arguments that Gacy, although he admitted to the killings, had been prevented during the trial from adequately proving his insanity. However, the court rejected this. In May of 1986, one of nine unidentified victims had been found to be his first victim. On May 10, 1994, with all his legal appeals exhausted, Gacy was executed by lethal injections of chemicals at 12.58 a.m. at Statesville Correctional Center near Joliet. His last meal included fried chicken and butterfly shrimp. A crowd had waited outside for his execution, some wearing shirts that said, quote, no tears for the clown, end quote. 
days following the execution, two Naperville businessmen purchased up to 30 pieces of art depicting clowns, Disney characters, skulls, Jesus Christ, and Elvis Presley, all made by Gacy, and burned them with people in attendance and held an auction. A portion of the proceeds went to the victim's family. Within recent years, efforts to identify the victims that were remained unidentified have been pushed and a couple more victims have been identified damn well um to start with i guess my computer is about to die um as far as like his psyche he had a really fucked up home life like he was abused his household they weren't very affluent at all um i don't and he his father was an alcoholic Mm -hmm. and substance abuse was runs in the family and as far as like the standards of modern day life then like homosexuality was not accepted absolutely absolutely not. not so even as a kid even as a kid, it was like, even if he showed signs of being feminine, it was totally shut down. His dad was like, he had to be a man's man. He couldn't be who he Anything was. Else. So that's why he learned to blend in. He learned to make people see him as a man's man, even though he wasn't. He didn't do a very good job at hiding it sometimes, but he definitely wanted to make it seem like he wasn't who you actually was as a kid when you make a club in your basement so that you could flirt with young men that's psychotic i'm talking about as a kid (laughs) but yeah no that's psychotic but i think that um a lot of people have observed his case or whatever and they think he have he has a anti-social personality disorder because he's very distant from other people he doesn't really think anyone understand him and he uses every chance he get to to manipulate people to get what he wants mm-hmm. so that's what they think he has but there's no way to be sure um i think he was he was enlisted as a sexual predator for a long time and good, good. and that's a lot of uh, a lot of times how they start to become more violent you start a sexual predator and you get more violent from there mm-hmm. um as far as like targeting young kids i think as a kid he felt like he didn't get to live and he lived through precarily through his childhood yeah Mm. so that may have something to do why he specifically targeted young kids or maybe it was like as a vengeance in a way like not against them specifically about how the world treated him it was more so like i didn't get to live my childhood and neither will you yeah or it could even be like if these kids don't have anybody to live you know what i mean like yeah they don't have anything to live for but that's less likely because he was very violent and he raped his victim so that's not i feel like that's not Mm -hmm. more likely a lot of his like key move too as well was by strangulation and handcuffing them Mm -hmm. so a few i didn't mention them in the story but there was a few other workers of his where he would like oh just come over we'll drink a little we'll smoke a little weed and then he'd just handcuff them and if they 
got out, he's like, oh, you just passed my test. Like, haha, I just, this is a funny little joke. It's, it's not a it's joke, It's not a though. funny little joke. <laughs> he, I think a lot of it had to do with he felt like as a, as a homosexual, he couldn't be accepted. And it, um, no one can really figure out how a person becomes psychotic or whatever but he internalized it so much and he definitely had substance abuse to the point where he he felt like he had to take it out on others and he got sexual pleasure from taking it out on others unwillingly mm. so that's how he started to lash out on other on young boys even violently and then turn sexual um and in jail even i think when he was in jail for sodomy for those two boys mm-hmm. um when his dad died that like snapped him that probably Cause did because he was like i'm such a disappointment that my father died because of it that was a triggering point because he did not start becoming super manipulative and start ranking up the kills until his dad died mm-hmm. even though he did have kids like over his house in his basement or whatever it wasn't super to the point it wasn't violent so i think his his dad dying and feeling like he never lived up to it snapped to really feel like he was like fuck it i'll never live up to it or whatever mm-hmm. um and he he was very impulsive his psyche he felt like when he needed to do stuff he just did it that's why he had a really hard time covering up shit because he didn't plan he was very impulsive he felt urges he went with it and that's why his death count was really high as well because sometimes like he didn't mean to kill him he just well i'm sure he meant to kill them well, i mean but... i'm sure he's gonna kill him eventually but i don't think to the extent that he did possibly if... because um in his cases when they're cuffed or whatever he tried he was a sad he's sadistic yeah and so he tried to draw it out as long as possible but sometimes he would kill them before um he would kill his other victims Mm -hmm. so it's it's just about the impulsive urges and how much of a lack of control he has over them like it took over his life and when his second wife left him because he was very like of his behavior and his, his gay porn. His his gay porn. She probably knew he was gay. And yeah, you don't want to stay married to a gay man. Well, like they're not the love of your life then. You know what I mean? Like you don't want to stay with someone who doesn't want you, you mm. know? And so, I get what she left, but I feel like because she left after that, he started going further because he had no obligation to uphold a marriage. And but also he had nothing to lose yeah nothing to lose he didn't he didn't have a wife anymore he, he didn't have his mom anymore he didn't have his mom anymore and he didn't have to put on a face for any or put on a standard like he didn't have to go home at night and explain to his wife why he was out anymore he could just be out mm-hmm. so it put less restrictions on him, less restrictions on him so he kind of went crazy after that as well um um okay he okay i want to talk a little bit about pogo the clown his persona i know that's scary as shit but he made it for a reason oh um he one time said a quote he's like no one catches a killer clown well back in the time they were just an entertainment means yeah like 
you wouldn't suspect a like a party clown to go out and kill yeah it was it was like part of the fun and it's how he got close to kids it really worked for him because it allowed him to get close with young boys but also close with the community so he was just there at parties he was there when people were having fun people Mm. were used to him being there they associated him with fun fun loving outgoing good with kids and that was his the way he used to manipulate people that's true so like he could come over and be like hey i want to have fun with your kids because they're like oh he's pogo the clown it's not weird yeah i mean because even his sister said she was like i went with him one time for a gig and it was just like normal like they just treated him as if it was no big deal yeah um and then during his trial specifically um they tried they tried to plead insanity and they specifically wanted to get him diagnosed with a schizophrenia because Mm -hmm. you cannot you you cannot um charge someone with schizophrenia they don't know what they're doing yeah people with schizophrenia there's many different types the most common is paranoia um but and all the types you have no concept of reality reality is just like everything's a dream to you and you start hearing voices and delusions and they all mix and you don't know what's real so when they were what i think in the trial when he was confessing to everything when he was like oh yeah i killed all these people i have these bodies but i'm not guilty but at the same time, like, the count was wrong. I feel like they were trying to and reinforce the fact that he has schizophrenia or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they got um, a couple of uh, psychologists to analyze him a bit and say he has this, it's possible he could have schizophrenia, but they couldn't prove without a doubt that he did because there's just no, no clear evidence of it. So you think it was like he was using the clown as, like, his schizophrenic side i mean he could even he that's probably what they were trying to argue like he's a clown because he has schizophrenia or or something like that but like they were just trying to get the court to believe that this man has no touch with reality so he doesn't really understand that he killed 35 people but i mean i personally believe he did he just didn't have remorse for it yeah so um, well, if you just stack them all on top of each other underneath your crawl space. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you talked about this a little bit, but he became a painter in jail. Yeah. He used to he used to paint and, like, express himself through paintings, which is, like, the weirdest shit, which he should have done a while ago <laughs> instead, but... Go to art therapy. Yeah, <laughs> art therapy. But it was just really interesting to me that, like, when he knew that he wasn't going to get out of it, he felt like he had to express himself in some at that point. way. Yeah. Well, they're all burned now, so. Yeah, they're gone now, but. There might be a painting or two still left out there. There's probably pictures, but they might not be, like, physically. Mm-hmm. I don't, not that I would want them. No. No. Well, that's it. it for my analysis yeah. and if you want to see a painting by him you can search that up yourself <laughs> if you would like to check out anything we discussed today check out our twitter and instagram over there will be our sources videos photos and additional material have a lovely rest of your day and stay safe we will see you next time did it work <gasps>
Okay, Yay. press the green. 